0: Me,
1: what day the? <laughs> Welcome back to EnterTheRealWorld.com. This is our fourth Christmas special, I think. I'm
0: looking it up right now. Fourth.
1: Yes, that would make sense because there are six Shane Black Christmas movies and I have two left I can use There's a teaser for the next couple of years, maybe. My name is Matt Waters, I'm joined by the voice you just heard, Mike Thomas. Mike, how are you at this most festive times of the year during this just wonderfully festive year in general?
0: as per customs in england happy christmas stop matthew. trying no. to perpetuate
1: this it's not a thing
0: <laughs> yes matthew just spoiled it but we will be covering the predator next nope. year on the christmas episode nope. obviously
1: not one of them i'm doing well man how are you doing yeah it's a time isn't it some more details on this on there will be movies that the finale of volume two i'm taking a little break from podcasting so this is gonna be my last one for a while i wanted to get this in as our little uh tradition but i'm a very tired boy from this year's sort of endeavors with the real world so uh yeah i wanted to go out with a bang, where I bring a Shane Black movie, and you bring something that is nothing like it whatsoever.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going out on a kiss-kiss-bang-bang, bang, one might say. <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: in case anyone didn't notice, Matt put up have 100 articles this year on the website. Written and podcast form. And we've all been there, and eventually we look at that, and we get a little scared and freaked out. I think or that's like,
1: literally what happened. I, I was getting freaked out, and then I was like, let me just look at some numbers to just really quantify this. Yeah. And I was like, hmm that's terrifying i need to get away from this i'm just gonna become you now and i'll take a long break and then i'll start doing listicles and then another break a podcast here and there
0: yeah
1: but the most clicks so (laughs) you know
0: that's what uh the real world is for it's to come and go as you please to make yourself happy it's not about (laughs) making the readers happy it's certainly not about making the listeners happy no happy christmas everyone
1: (laughs) all right we'll see you next year Uh, No. lethal weapon yes
0: uh, I, as you very purposely clichely noted they don't make them like this anymore they, they surely truly, truly do not
1: it's wild isn't it uh, i remembered it all and yet as it unfolded in front of me i was like is this is this how it always was yeah um just... i had never
0: seen it before so really i was glad oh, okay. excuse yeah
1: have you seen lethal weapon 4 no
0: and i have them oh. all on hbo max and i will be watching them shortly you have um, to
1: see these two is fine i don't remember anything about 3, you need to see 4. It is one of the most spectacular pieces of cinema you will ever see.
0: I can only imagine.
1: Jet Li uh, is just a star in it. Anyway, yeah. we're talking about the first one, because that's the Christmas one.
0: Oh, that's sad. They're not all Christmas no,
1: ones. No, Shane funny. Black only wrote the first one, and then they bounced Terrible. in for the others. Yeah.
0: I think when I watch older action movies, I picture, like, two things. I picture Harrison Ford in the Jack Ryan movies he made. Uh-huh. And I picture, like, a Robert Redford in Three Days of the Condor. Yes. <laughs> and, the, like, the combat scenes in those things, uh-huh. I find them fascinating. Because mm-hmm. it's it really just truly feels like two human beings having a, a fight. Not super soldiers having a fight that know every move in the history of moves to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a real soft spot for these types of ac- action movies where it just feels like they are genuine human beings and, like, a they're trying to survive. And I'm immediately ende- endeared to any... Eddie- Action movie that is like that. So this was pretty much up my alley. Yeah, it's
1: Um, kind of like it's ugly, it's messy, like they're falling over each other kind of thing. Like that final fight. If they made that scene today, it would be so. I mean, it's ridiculous in its own way. Yeah. But like the way they would do the fight would be so comical in comparison. It's just it sounds terrible and it is, but it's brilliant. Just two sort of shirtless men grappling in the rain, kind of thing, (laughs) just falling over each other.
0: And the word is raw. Raw. It's raw.
1: Riggs is crazy, Uh, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, there was cocaine involved in
1: this movie. I really have
0: no doubt. There really had to be a lot of cocaine. And cocaine, generally speaking, was good for
1: movies. It was. Um, was.
0: That's really all you need to know about this movie is that there's a 100% chance cocaine was involved. It definitely paid off. Mel Gibson's kind of like an old-fashioned star like a step down like he's not Harrison Ford very clearly
1: no but, like, but he does bring his own intensity to it that yeah you know, obviously he's is, become intense in a bad way in real life over time but in this movie just this sort of wild-eyed say, dude yeah like, Mel Gibson is
0: playing a crazy person this movie and he's playing it suspiciously well <laughs> um,
1: the signs were there <laughs> yeah yeah It's kind of fascinating as a character to look at. But, I mean, I'm not saying we're good at talking about men and mental health and, and, you know, suicide rates in men now, because we're still not... But we definitely weren't then, and it is actually quite interesting to look at a movie that came out in the late 80s where this dude is, like, openly, completely broken and is trying to kill himself via his job kind of thing. And this kind of thing is glamorised quite a lot, like, oh, he's so tortured. But, like, I think he... I think Gibson, actually, to his credit, for what a despicable human being he is, I think he plays it really, really well. Like, the, the scene where he considers... Taking his own life near the beginning, the crying and the the intensity yeah. of that, like he, he nailed it. Like, it, it's a giant cliche, obviously, but like, yeah, it's a it's a fun cat. Like the number of times where he's just sort of like, yeah, I want you to do it, kind of thing. It's just. He's a madman.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's nothing we haven't seen before, no. and I would say you can pretty much say that about every aspect of this movie. There's nothing in here you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's a whole genre of action movie we like to call it the, like the TNT afternoon Saturday <laughs> special, it's designed to have commercial breaks. And this uh-huh. movie was made for that. And they truly don't make them like that anymore. No. Danny Glover, also we were focusing on Gibson. Danny Glover, I love Danny Glover.
1: Oh, he's um, so good.
0: He seems like a generally wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Generally i really concerned about making the world better, but he he's really great here. He does manage to keep the movie grounded just a little bit.
1: Because he has the logical reaction to, to Riggs being an insane person. Which, yeah. yeah. Danny uh, Glover
0: is basically playing the cop who has never watched a cop movie before. And is <laughs> tremendously confused by all the very stereotypical bad cop behaviors <laughs> mel gibson is what do you, doing what
1: do you mean you kill people like
0: yeah
1: <laughs> kind of a shame he basically talks him into his philosophy of killing people but hey oh um, yeah
0: oh <laughs> politically this movie is a mess don't don't get us wrong this yeah. is, uh, <laughs> i mean the
1: degree to which he should not be allowed to be a cop <laughs> is, is hilarious but yeah um I love that they made four of these damn things, and in the very first one, he's too old for it. This will be the catchphrase going forward. Well, it's also, um,
0: that also kind of reminds me of something. I can't remember too many movies where the two lead stars, especially two lead male stars, mm-hmm. are playing characters that are older yeah. than the actors playing them. Like, the first scene, of Danny Glover's like 50, huh? I'm like, I'm like there is no way Danny <laughs> Glover was 50 in 1987. And it was closer than I thought, but still, he wasn't mm-hmm. 50. And Mel Gibson is playing like 10 years younger uh, character two, I
1: think. Yeah, they're they're both men have, have served in Vietnam or, or something and, like, yeah. that dates it to such a degree, it's crazy. Like, especially knowing they are actively attempting to make a Lethal Weapon 5 and knowing these two characters were supposed to be in Vietnam, and it's like, how fucking old are they now? Yeah, <laughs> that was probably,
0: in terms of, like, yes, it dated it, but also yeah. it was like, it was fast. Like, politically, like, Vietnam had such a political hangover in yeah. America. Yeah. And, like, seeing people still grappling with it.
1: Your villains are a rogue military like, unit who are selling heroin and shit. Like, right. Weaponizing Gary Busey's crazy in a, in a pretty effective way as well.
0: Yeah, I mean it definitely felt like a, a product of its time, both yeah. in good ways and bad ways. Some other people that stood out to me, the woman who jumps off the building at the beginning, that is Woody Grahausen's girlfriend in cheers for like the last five seasons. <laughs> okay. Well, fun fact for you everyone out there. I'd never seen her in anything
1: else. It did um, remind me of the beginning of the nice guys you get like the car crashes through their house and then you've got like a right. topless naked lady at the beginning of that right. as well i'm like shane what is your thing dude
0: yeah <laughs> I, I started watching the nice guys recently with a woman who was not terribly impressed by the first 10 minutes of the movie and no it doesn't start stop well. watching it. <laughs> it yeah does, i just does, like i just like looked at her like i i'm so sorry
1: it doesn't I'm end so itself immediately at all i, no. I, I don't remember
0: this <laughs> i just i don't remember this at all. I, I don't even <laughs> um, like it
1: it's it's Matt Matt's yeah. the one that... <laughs>
0: Matt forced me to watch he forced me to watch it
1: it's his uh, website down there
0: but yeah I mean like definitely like thumbs up on this movie yeah
1: like definitely
0: I mean like this is so much more watchable than 95% of action movies that have come out in the last it's just
1: like, 5 f- years it's just fun like it, yeah. it's, it's shit but it knows it's shit and it doesn't care and it barrels through it and it's just it, it just is concerned about you having fun for almost 2 hours and that's infinitely more entertaining than just seeing the latest like Bourne knockoff type thing and like I like the Bourne movie but even they in comparison seem just so droll and like yeah. joyless and everything and I know they're supposed to be they're supposed to be like cerebral but yeah just seeing these two just raw forces of charisma this this odd couple doing all their hijinks and the ridiculous amount of 80s saxophone that is playing all over the damn thing yeah I love it like there's some creepy stuff going on oh yeah <laughs> like the underage girl aspect of it all I
0: would never use this movie <laughs> as like a position paper on anything like, like, I would never be like, instead of Chiropractic Lady, I'd be just like, "No, it, sir? Just watch Lethal Weapon. You'll know how I feel about everything. This um, this
1: movie was actually on my film syllabus that was set by a woman. When we did a module on uh, contemporary Hollywood, Lethal Weapon came up, and we just talked about how homoerotic it is for most of it, and it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's oh, a, yeah! There's a lot of buts and, and male nudity and stuff. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Equal opportunities, I guess. There's also the severe contempt for sex workers. Oh, yeah they snuck in an F slur at one point so that's all not good. But the rest yeah. of it is just schlocky fun and I miss schlocky fun. I feel everything is trying to be high art and is failing comically or is trying to dress itself up as something it isn't. And Lethal Weapons just here to have a good time.
0: And for me it also comes down to I'm not going to criticize I definitely like the first three board movies. I would probably need to rewatch the
1: fourth one. Don't.
0: And I definitely like Just don't uh <laughs> Yeah, I probably will. <laughs> I was, was about that i probably just not going. To. I definitely really like Casino Royale and Skyfall. Mm-hmm. But as we've learned with both of these franchises, those can go really, really wrong, mm-hmm. that approach, in a really, really boring way. Yeah. And if you're going to do something like that, like, I'd rather it just be fucking weird and crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then the other aspect is then on the rare time you have a movie that is going for more, I don't know, let's say, I don't know, just some, some CGI disaster uh-huh. like it just like looks like fucking shit like I'd rather yeah. it be this where it looks messy and shit's blowing up this like this movie like computer nothing good would happen with, see- with green screen in this movie green yeah, screen would not help this movie in any way you
1: don't want the remastered version of lethal weapon <laughs> yeah but no you want the grainy version if anything
0: <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah
1: Yeah, I love and it also
0: I, it, I, I mean spoiler on the I mean, not spoiler on the poster because when you're listening to this you see the poster but the scene where the dude gets shot through the chest with a rifle from a helicopter and it (laughs) manages to make a tiny little hole in his body and then it explodes and then it makes a tiny little hole in his carton of eggnog. Uh Chef's kiss, great stuff. They don't make him like that anymore. They
1: don't, but they should. But they should. Yeah, amazing. So from one very macho homoerotic movie to the big lesbian Christmas movie, Happiest Season, you said you apologized to me you know oh you picked an actual christmas movie lethal weapon does open with jingle bell rock to be fair yeah Um,
0: it was more of a christmas movie than i was expecting yeah I, i mean it ends on christmas yeah
1: Riggs tries to buy a christmas tree from drug dealers it's great but no this happiest season is the most christmassy movie we've done and yeah i just remember the trailer for this dropping a few months ago and thinking that looks terrible but i absolutely will watch that enthusiastically and it was decent? I don't know, it was like, it, it's a generic rom-com with slightly punchier writing, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't want to give this a thumbs in the middle, like, I I really wanted to like this. I assumed yeah. that there was enough talent on the screen yeah. that I would kind of like it by default, and you yeah. sometimes wonder if they thought so too.
1: Mm-hmm. Those
0: who have not watched Kristen Stewart since Twilight, like, Kristen Stewart has, like, carved out this, like, amazing and mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson has too, by the way. Oh yeah. Like, carved out this amazing filmography of random fucking indie shit but yeah. And she's only just starting to come back into, like, more mainstream movies now. Yeah, I feel like she's the, making
1: the token effort to try and yeah. cross back over. And and so, like, It would have been great if Charlie's Angels was good, because everyone fell in love with her in that trailer. Like, oh, just, yeah. like, look at and her. Tragically,
0: tragically, though, the movie was Charlie's Angels. Yeah. The opposite of good. It's, one, like, really one of the worst movies I've seen.
1: Of recently. course. Yeah, and again here, like, I looked at this cast, and I was like, hell yeah, sign me up. And then it's like, I wouldn't say I had a bad time, by any means, but, like, I will never watch this again and I will have forgotten it exists until someone reminds me of it. It's not equipped to deal with the subject matter it is attempting, but I suppose it's nice to have slightly unconventional subject matter normalised. I, I say slightly, like, everybody is still white. But, you know, attempting to do a story about coming out and being pushed back into the closet and, and all this sort of stuff, like, I, it just is not really equipped to deal with that very weighty topic in 90 minutes in a movie that is ostensibly supposed to be just, like, a light-hearted Comedy.
0: Yeah, I was taken aback because it's like Clea Devol made it, and like yeah. obviously, like Clea Devol like would understand this. And she said it was like autobiographical to an extent. You know, I talked to someone who has more experience than I do with coming out of the closet. Yeah, and she was just like, and the big thing for her, and it was. Bothering me throughout it is how they made Mackenzie Davis so unlikable.
1: Yep. She was um, set up to fail and like everyone is like they, Trashing her. Yeah, and they and, they they feel want... very
0: protective over her because of Halt and Catch Fire. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What happened? How'd you take someone so talented and turned them into the scapegoat for your movie
1: yeah she's put in this position where it is impossible to take her side like i understand it's difficult well i will never have the authority to uh, to say i understand i just mean you know theoretically i understand coming out as a very complex thing when people are ready they're ready but she is put in this position where she is forcing kristen Stewart's character back in and just the degree to which she has to be this this person who is so terrified of it and is is at times borderline being homophobic to and self-hating and stuff. And then you and then it's like, well, here's Kristen Stewart looking cool as fuck and here's Aubrey Plaza who continues to be a goddamn star. What chance did she stand?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me it was like it was just like it wasn't told from her perspective, like it was no. and that I feel like was an issue because yeah. like we are the movie is begging us to empathize with Kristen Stewart yes. so much yeah. that it seems insane when she takes Mackenzie Davis back.
1: And and Mackenzie is almost set like she's there are no villains in a movie like this but she's basically written in the villain role almost i mean her parents are awful people and they did not earn the sudden change of heart at the end but like she is just set up to fail and it's a yeah, shame uh, because she's great but like she, she's just put in this horrible thing, position
0: weird i mean everybody's sibling dynamic is obviously completely fucking different and mm-hmm. i can't really speak to it at all as an only child uh-huh. But like, that explains a lot, buddy. Way... <laughs> okay, if one more person says it to me on my life, I'm gonna start taking it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> the way Allison Bree and Mackenzie Davis in no way had solidarity against their parents, like <laughs> as people in their mid 30s. I know
1: who most <laughs> people's vibe is we are survivors of our parents, not... Right. Yeah, like, I can't take Alison Brie as a villainous character seriously, either. Like, it feels like Annie trying to play grown-up in community when she's trying to, like, make a sarcastic point. And I just, I'm just waiting for her to, like, take the mask off and be silly, kind of thing. So for her to try and play this, like, dour person, yeah, not great.
0: And the thing, the person who made me laugh the most consistently was definitely Mary Holland as the younger sister. But also, it felt like she was in an SNL skit
1: yeah it was like we've got three jokes but we're gonna tell them six times kind of
0: thing yeah it was a very broad characterization
1: yeah yeah
0: that I mean definitely led to like the best moment where she's like I'm something and I was just like (laughs) I think maybe maybe this was your story maybe yeah. this, is, <laughs> this just feels like a and, and, you know it just felt like a misfire it felt like it needed someone in to like someone to take another look at the script someone to think about like okay hmm. i i mean if they're going to make Mackenzie davis this unlikable we need to see their relationship more beforehand yeah so that we had possibly can be like sympathized with the idea of them, them ending up that together yeah because just like this whole thing was just Who are we to say Cleo DeVall should not tell her story exactly how she wants to tell it? Mm -hmm. And, like, this is how she sees her story. This is her experience. Great. I'm glad she got to tell it. I wish more people like Cleo DeVall got, like, the opportunity to tell their stories. But as a movie, it felt very disconnected. It felt very off. There was something about it that was off. Like, I I felt like it was a series of skits at times.
1: Yeah. It's not a coherent script as much as it's, like, bullet points and then they just shots and stuff how can stuff. we make
0: this scene funny
1: yeah how yeah. can we make this scene funny what well, it, can this character
0: do with this scene to be funny
1: yeah I think it's just it contending with what it is supposed to be is is just one of the latest in a long run of kind of shitty christmas rom-coms and there's probably pressure from the finances to make it more like that well i don't know i mean who knows what goes into a script and the the creative process but yeah it's just again i didn't have a bad time with it It this is sounding like a, a a bad review like i was it was perfectly decent i have seen much worse of this ilk of film but the degree to which I mean, if you, if your central couple don't work in a story like this, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. And everyone is just like, what if we just made a movie where Aubrey Plaza and, Chris and, and Kristen Stewart got together instead? And it's like, sure, but poor Mackenzie Davis. Yeah, it's crazy that Aubrey Plaza was just a comedy actress until Legion, and now she's just this star.
0: Ah, uh, side note, uh, no. we should all move to Pittsburgh, where dog walkers with PhD loans and internet writers can live in two-story houses. So that's
1: mm-hmm. good. Well, as a non-American viewer, this is just every American house to me. It's like, oh, these poor to middle-class people just have this giant fucking mansion apparently. Yeah. yeah.
0: Clearly Pittsburgh is where it's at.
1: Yes. <laughs> the parents... It really bothered me, the degree to which, like, this isn't just a casual, like, oh, I'm fine with with gay people but not my daughter kind of thing. It's not that, because the degree to which they just very casually are like, oh, shame about that lifestyle choice, and stuff like that, and just how judgy the mother is throughout kind of thing about everything and then to just suddenly have that hey let's be good people now it just didn't work for me at all and yeah
0: i think the best way to put it is that the the character moments that didn't ring true it's not that like each individual moment rang true like in its own bubble Uh it's just like as a collection it just felt like okay we get it we get it like where is the like human behavior at any point now yeah (laughs) Like, I re- I recognize so little humanity in any of these people, and I don't think I was not supposed to. Like, I think I was supposed to see them as people. Yeah. This was not, like, super bad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and just the degree to which Harper is, like, retreating back into her closeted hometown life, and, like, she's not encouraging her ex to keep hitting on her, but just sort of, like, almost like alienating Abby completely and then being mad at her for spending time with the only person in the damn town that will talk to her kind of thing. And it almost seemed like Aubrey Plaza was supposed to... I mean, maybe it's just how they made the trailers look, but it was, like, I assumed she was gonna come in and be this, like, temptress or something, and she's not she's just a pleasant person who sympathizes with the situation yeah. and it's just like, she, oh. was a, she
0: was pro- she was one of the few human beings yeah in the movie yeah um, which is why i think people are responding really well to her character yeah even if i was kind of like when people were hyping up Plaza's movie, like all right here we go yeah you're like ninth on the call. Like, in terms of, like, importance (laughs) to anything, you're
1: like, nice. I won't say I was disappointed by her, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I think it's just, she's a master of those, like, kind of sly looks to camera kind of thing. Yeah. Um, That just made it trailer really well. And I was sort of, like, waiting for some sort of dark twist to come with her, and it's like, no, she just she's been where you are, and she sympathises, and she's gonna be a friend to you, and then she's off. And then you're gonna have to take this woman back. For unknown reasons at this point, to be honest. Again, like, you could do a lot worse for a kind of shitty 90 minute rom-com. Right. But it's not like anything special and if there's no Covid it's a big theatrical release and it is nice to see a Christmas movie come out and get pushed that is two women instead of, you know, a heterosexual couple but ends up dumped to Hulu because of Covid and it makes it come across as like, you know, ah this is unimportant and it isn't really important but I don't know, any chance it had to be culturally important is kind of cut from under it by being shoved onto Hulu. In my opinion, anyway, I don't
0: know. Uh, possibly. It felt like it it was, like, it had its moment in the discourse. Yeah. As unscientific as that sounds. Yes. (laughs) We can measure the zeitgeist right now. It it, it possibly would have not had in theaters. Like, I feel like it would have gotten lost in, I don't know, I'm sure something was coming out now that was big.
1: Eternals?
0: (laughs) I honestly don't know what was supposed to come out.
1: Tenet would still be in cinemas, obviously. (laughs) Um. Well, there you go. That was the happiest season, not as good as Lethal Weapon. It turns out.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would have predicted.
1: No, I don't think you would have. When you signed us up for the this. Yeah. this, this was originally going to be Lethal Weapon versus Die Hard, but you you, you did a real U-turn. It? Yeah, we had that agreed like six months ago. I don't remember. That. And then you really U-turned on me, and we're like, yeah, happiest season. I was like, okay, if 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 you want to do that, that's fine. Um, die Hard
0: is such a hard thing for me to like. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it's it's,
1: just, it's, it's been blamed by the I
0: don't, people. Just really love it. And that, I just like i don't get what's the love about
1: it i love it but i kind of hate the cult of personality around it. Though. It doesn't
0: feel worthy of that. I don't know. Maybe next year.
1: Fun fact, Die Hard was the original title of The Last Boy Scout, the Shane Black movie, and then Joel Silver borrowed it from him for Die Hard.
0: Oh, and um, I think Mel Gibson and Bruce Willis were both considered for Lethal Weapon and Die Hard, and yes. it shook out this way.
1: Yeah, now you can watch Loaded Weapon 1, and you can see Bruce Willis's cameo as John McClane looking for Mel Gibson. <laughs> but yeah, so there are two Shane Black Christmas movies left. One is The Last Boy Scout, and the other is is long kiss Good Night. if you can come up with two more christmas movies then we can keep this going for two more years and then i'll have to pick a different type of christmas movie i suppose
0: we might he might make another christmas movie by the time we need to do that that's
1: possible i haven't heard from him and i guess since all the predator controversy <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens but the tradition has continued for now, and hopefully by the next, the time we next do a Christmas special, some of us will be living slightly more normal lives again. Until then, Enter the Real World has you covered. We'll, we'll keep you entertained. You can read the Matt Signal as I, as I recap Batman the Animated Series. Michael drop listicles all over the place. Probably. Maybe. Maybe. And that's the level of strong commitment we'd like to bring you at this time of year. So, happy Christmas. See, I, it doesn't even... Out.
0: Fucking
1: mask. God damn. There's so people not wearing fucking masks. I know. I go into a shop and there are like three people not wearing them and they glare at me. And I'm like, why the fuck are you glaring at me? Bye everyone. Wear a mask. Merry Christmas. Bye.